Today's episode of the BS Podcast, the final one before Christmas, is brought to you by SeatGeek, our presenting sponsor and the only fan-friendly app for buying and selling tickets for sports and music. Drop your old ticket app. Use one for built for 2017 and beyond. You can even do everything on your phone. Download the free SeatGeek app or go to SeatGeek.com. And thanks for sticking with us all year, SeatGeek. We're also brought to you by Simply Safe, another one of our old friends. Right now, you can save $200 with their exclusive holiday package. Full-on burglar protection, 17 sensors, wireless connection, 24-7 home security. Keep your home safe. Get your $200 off. Today, the holiday sale ends soon. Go to simplysafebs.com. And we are brought to you by theringer.com, which is loaded with good stuff this week. I would say this is one of our best weeks since we launched at the beginning of June. That's right. We've only been around for six months. I think it's month seven. I posted a column there this week about NBA unicorns that House and I are going to discuss in a second in copious detail because there's a whole part of that column that did not make sense for the column because I want to concentrate on the young guys, but made a lot of sense for this podcast. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to do the Callaway Par 3, and we're going to talk a little college hoops. A lot of good stuff coming up. But uh, one more thing. We are launching on Ringer's Channel 33 podcast feed a sports movie hall of fame podcast and guess who the host is it's me we're gonna give you a little taste of it later in this podcast but subscribe to channel 33 and uh sports movies i love them been writing about them forever podcast is a fun way to to really bang out all different theories and ideas and a little rewatchability stuff and all that stuff so uh, i'm gonna play you a little taste for that at the end of of that podcast at the end of this one right now we're gonna call joe house let's do it all right here we go joe house on the line how are you yeah, I'm, I'm spectacular. I answered the phone singing, I'll come all ye faithful. Tis the season. I love it. I, I think that's in bad taste considering what happened with the Chargers security guard this week. Um, <laughs> Tate, that's a there good joke. No, You're not taking that out. Oh, there was man. no... It didn't look like it was to, to completion. <laughs> Maybe that should come out. No. <laughs> that should probably come out. It was some fluffing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, come on. It's funny. Uh, so we we have a lot to accomplish today. I think we should get the Callaway Par 3 over with because part of me just wants to get any football pick you make over with. You've been so terrible. Fortunately, there are I, people I, out there gambling against you, which is great and makes me happy, and I'm glad people are winning money on Well, they would have lost last week. Why? I was, I was uh, notionally 3-0 and last week. First of all, you and I went in together on the Carolina Panthers. That yes. felt like the lock of the century. Yeah. I personally had the New England Patriots against the Denver Broncos. That yes, was never in doubt. Right. And you took Cincinnati, and I there know. was a lot of good reasons to take Cincinnati. I expressed a preference for Pittsburgh, which did indeed bear out. So I I'm know. giving myself the 3-0 and for last week. The Bengals, but having said all that, that probably gets me to like 40% on the season. The Bengals hurt my feelings. Well, you, we're going to have an opportunity to do something about that today. You know, I'm, I'm on fire in the super contest. I started out 16 and 28. And now I'm like 37 and 33 or something. But 
I thought I was going to go 5-0 and this week and somehow lost that Bengals one and pushed on the Raiders. Anyway, game, the lesson, as always, is picking games is just torture. Hey, um, let's do our let's do our Callaway Par 3. We're going to talk yeah. about the Christmas schedule really quick. I have a lot of thoughts on that. And then we're going to talk about NBA unicorns because when I wrote that column, I intentionally made one section a lot less longer than it could have been to leave a little meat on the bone for Joe House. But we're going to get to that. Nice. Uh, nice. You know Cal- how much I like meat on the bone. I know. Callaway Par 3. Oh, and by the way, got a lot of feedback on uh, on the food apps thing we did with Mallory last week. And I was so hungover and discombobulated from the Ringer holiday party on, on, on Saturday that I did a double Postmates order of brunch and then dinner, which I really think should be called the Mallory are you okay with calling it the Mallory and not the house? The double Postmates oh, order? Oh, no, no, in the for same? sure. Out of respect. I, I'm not a Postmates guy anyway. I'm a DoorDash guy. Yeah, yeah, whatever. But the, and the, caviar. The, I like caviar. The two, food, the two food, app, food app orders in the same day, I think, should be called the Mallory, no matter what the food That's app is. That's the Mallory, out of respect. Well, I, she, she, we had an ongoing thread over the weekend. I think she went three for three Postmates. Each day she had a Postmates in there. Didn't yeah, we, we decided that you guys were probably destined to be together and just watch sports and get food delivered to your apartment or house or whatever, and that would be all you did all day. And I think you'd both be very happy. I think it would have worked. So, Well, the thing I, I wrote uh, yeah. was it would only last six months because we would be um, dead and or broke. That's how long it would take before we ran out of money and or died from overeating. Probably broke and then dead. So Broke and then dead. All right, we're going to do three picks. You want to go first? Who do you like this week? Callaway Par 3. You're red hot. You're 1-0 the last one week. <laughs> that is a, it's a streak I am taking. And speaking of streak, uh, the stink streak has been quite powerful this season. I can't deny it. And I love you, and I love the Cousin Sal. I did not join you this season in the Lions won't make the playoffs bet. Mm. I feel like if if there was a you know that 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 you guys had a parlay of the Lions, the Niners, and the Browns, the Browns, yeah, yeah, wow. Yeah. I feel like if there's there's any way to create a little good karma at the end of the season to try and do something positive with the stink streak, I'm going to for you and the Cuz take the Lions getting seven against the Cowboys. Uh, I think it's an, an, another Monday night game for the Cowboys. The Cowboys are now. Over after starting off the season red hot against the spread, zero and four against the spread the last four weeks. Bad record uh, under Jason Garrett at home against the spread when they're favorites. Eleven and twenty-five as home favorites under Jason Garrett, including a delightful one and twelve against the spread after they haven't covered their previous game. I'm taking the Lions and the points. Could be a, a low-scoring game. Lions and the points. That's for you and the Cubs. Well, here's the thing with that. If the if we're this is we're taping this on a late Wednesday afternoon. It's going up Thursday. If the Giants blow the Eagles game, the Cowboys clinch the one seed and have nothing to play for, and that seven points is going to look super juicy. Hey, do you know where uh, Detroit ranks in DVOA? Uh, overall team DVOA, not offense or defense. Everything. I I bet they're in the twenties. I bet they're in the the. the 20 to 23 range would be my guess. They're 26. They're one spot. Wow. At, yeah, they're one spot ahead of Jacksonville and two spots ahead of the San Francisco 49ers. They have the 31th ranked defense on DVOA and the 14th ranked offense. 
the Pro Bowl selections were made yesterday, and they had zero Pro Bowlers, not one. So, and this that, is also that feels a team rude to Matthew Stafford. Well, you know, I, I keep the track of that at the either or games. So they're three, four, and yeah. seven right now. They've won three games legit. They lost four legit, and they had seven games that could have gone either way. So I don't know that if Dallas needs that game. What did you think of Dallas last week against Tampa? I thought Tampa could have won that game. Oh, Tampa could have won that game. Tampa's been red hot. They they are now the team that you thought um, they could be. The difference in that game to me was Jameis. I'm mad at Jameis for not running with the football. I know. He could have made that Dallas defense play him straight up, play honest. He needed to make that defense honest. They dared him to throw the ball, and he threw it, and he threw it not well. But having said all of that, they were within a a, a score and had the ball at the end of the game. Uh, Dallas is still... Uh, you know, the, the interesting thing on this 0-4 against the, the spread uh, streak, their defense has been carrying them lately. Their offense yeah. is still missing something. I don't know what uh, – Dak had a wonderful game completion percentage-wise, but I wasn't, like, bl- blown away. They still feel like they're missing a vertical um, threat. Speaking of against the spread, our, our friend Dave Tooley posted uh, all the records against the spread this year, and the Browns are 2-12 and against the spread. And the Niners are two eleven and one against the spread. So if we had just picked against them every week, we would, we would be twenty three four and one just with everybody else who played those two teams. Incredible. And on the flip side, the Pats are eleven and three against the spread. Which I know teams occasionally a team will get to twelve and four. I don't remember a thirteen and three. That's pretty high. Well, and including some some big lines. Yeah. And, and and this week's another big line. I thought about taking them this week, but. Uh, I don't know what the weather's going to be like up there. Well, the pick that we're both taking together for the Callaway Par 3, the Houston Texans giving two points to the Bengals. I like this for two reasons. Macho Man Tommy Savage. Oh, yeah! I'm going to beat Mandy Dalton's coming to town. I got something in store for him. Uh, I love him. I thought he was like weirdly effective for somebody who hasn't really practiced or thrown to the receivers all season. He comes in. All of a sudden, there's 20-yard passes happening. And they're actually going to Texans receivers. I was really unimpressed by the Bengals last week. Pittsburgh was dying to give that game away. They did everything they possibly could. They fell behind early. They kept settling for field goals. And the Bengals were just so incompetent offensively. In the second half, all they needed to do was have one drive to stave the momentum. And they couldn't do it. And on the other side, just dumb penalty after dumb penalty. They lost their composure. And, you know, I went from thinking... Now that's a team we might have to watch out for a little bit as we get, you know, in December, like the team with nothing to play for that's a little dangerous. And they had that for about an hour, and then it just completely fell apart. And and I actually can't believe Houston's only laying two. I, I guess, do gamblers think that Macho Man Tommy Savage is a downgrade from Brock Osweiler? You know, the line uh, opened at three or three and a half. And and then I saw it down. I saw it at one and a half, but two sounds right as well. You know, it's still only Wednesday. Uh, and then I, I tried to look at if there was an injury concern, uh, they have savage listed as probable. I don't know if that's uh, the reason that the line went down. It's, it's Houston at home. They have to win this game next week to get to the game against Tennessee for the uh, conference title. And the, uh, I mean, the division title, and the straightaway entry into the playoffs. And 
I love Tom Savage. I, I, he was good. I have DeAndre Hop- I have the great misfortune of having DeAndre Hopkins this season. Uh, my fantasy team, no catches with Brock Osweiler on the field last week. Eight catches at 90 yards when Tom Savage came on, on, on the playing field. I also very much like uh, – so Cincinnati I've been out on since that awful no-show against Dallas uh, maybe six yeah. weeks ago. Um, they, they, uh, that, that was like, oh, that's, that's that Andy Dalton guy. Look at him. He can't do anything. Yeah, uh, and and their defense is is adequate, but I think they have an a tendency to give up when they're a little bit uh, out of it. So well, uh, they have. Ha- I thought that happened in the Pittsburgh game. It it kind of felt like they quit. They just started getting dumb penalties, and they it looked like they just wanted to get out of there, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. You know, one more thing you didn't mention: the Houston fans were so fired up that Savage came in. And they were just so tired of watching Osweiler and like anything Savage did, the the crowd went crazy. I actually think the crowd's going to be pretty good for this game. I'm with you. They you want know, Savage to also, succeed. Yeah, for sure. There's also this crazy uh, stat. You know, Bill, o, Bill O'Brien likes to be a, a front runner. His team's nine and one against the spread when uh, he's going up against a when he's favored against a team coming off a loss. Cincinnati. Not good coming off of games against Pittsburgh. They come off. They tend to come off of games against Pittsburgh, beat up. Uh, when they're going up against a team coming off a win, one and nine against the spread, the last ten games. So very much like the the way the angles feel for this Texans since he tilt. So for the third game, there's some ones I liked. I like. I actually like this week. The uh, the Giants. In Philly on Thursday night feels a little tasty, but just out of principle, I can't put Eli Manning in the Callaway par three. I don't want I don't want to do that to our friends at Callaway. The Raiders at home against the Colts, only given four points. And the Colts, I don't know how they're doing it. It's like basically Andrew Luck and T. Y. Hilton and the Ageless Frank Gore, and that's it. But the Raiders burned me last week. They hurt my feelings. They couldn't take care of business and they pushed against the Chargers. I didn't I didn't like it. And then you have the Bucks. In New Orleans, only getting three, which which is delicious. Really, I like this Bucks team, but I, I don't know. They they it scares me to bet against Breeze in the Superdome with Callaway par three picks. So I'm getting a little unconventional. If you've listened to this podcast, if you heard it on Monday, I like this Bears team. I think they're frisky. It's a frisky three and eleven Bears team. They gave the Packers everything they could handle. Matt Barkley's playing for a job next year, and he might already be like the 11th best QB in the league. They have skill position guys. They're getting healthier. They're home. And the team that's coming in is the just outright pathetic Washington Redskins. I'm calling them the Redskins. That's how that's how disgusted I am by them. I'm, I'm using their inappropriate name. They no-showed on Monday night, as you predicted. They did everything that you were waiting for them to do. It was one of the most uninspiring performances uh of any night game this year. They do not deserve to win another game. I'm disgusted by them. And I think the Bears getting three and a half. I like it. I'm taking them. Oh, you, you saw three and a half. I only saw three. But but either way, uh, I understand exactly where you're coming from. I don't have any reason to disagree with you. And I have a, a very hot take. Yeah. Not not sure that I, I would try and sign Kirk Cousins to a big contract. Ooh. Okay. I don't think I'm ready for it. In fact... 
Not sure that I'd rather, on balance, and I'll, we'll have some time to look at the numbers once the season is over. Matt Barkley has been pretty effing good the last four yeah, weeks. Yeah, with a lot like, of drop passes, it, too. Tons of drop passes. If if I could have my, Matt Barkley next season for, say, $8 million bucks versus Kirk Cousins for it. $24 million, love where bucks, you're going. you see it's where great. I'm going with this? How about Jay Cutler? Come on. Any interest in Jay Cutler? About? None. None whatsoever. Please, dear God, no. Don't let that happen. Please, no. I mean, the, 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 the right move. I, are the Bears going to um, re-sign Matt Barkley? Is Matt Barkley the new quarterback of the Chicago Bears? I thought. I actually think he might be under contract for next year. I don't know what the status is. But, it, oh, you know, it's not illogical. The guy was, I think, the biggest high school recruit of his high school class. He went to USC. He was... Wasn't like he was a bust at USC. He was pretty good. For some reason, the combine didn't didn't love him, and all, he goes to the Eagles. He's fourth in the depth chart. Kind of lands in Chicago. He's behind Cutler and Hoyer. Finally gets a chance, but you know this is a guy who has at least a pedigree. I think it seems like the two the two types of QBs that succeed when you least expect it are the guys with pedigree who just never got a chance. Like Tom Brady, I think is the best example of that, or the guy who everybody just kept discounting over and over and over again, and yet, you know, they just kept getting it done. And, you know, it's one of those two, and I think Barkley's got the pedigree. Anyway, Christmas Day. Me too. Oh, say, uh, tell our friends what they can do on Callaway. So Callaway's offering everybody free personalization on the Chrome Soft Golf Balls through the end of 2016. So there's still, it's, if you hear this, when are we put, putting this pot up? Uh, Thursday. Thursday. So you still have time to order some golf balls in advance of, of Sunday. You can have them personalized. I don't know if it'll, they'll be done in time. But either way, maybe an after-Christmas present. Dual soft, fast core, chrome soft, the ball that changed the ball. Promo code HOUSE. You can get free shipping on them. Personalize your chrome soft golf balls today at CallawayGolf.com. That was like 42 seconds. I mean, you, you really went for it on that one. You, that, that was well, the director's cut. I had to ask cut. you when, when we were going to run this because I don't want to tell people cut. to try and buy a Christmas present. You just did a director's cut. Uh, while we're here, let's talk about Indochino. Every man looks better in a suit, so why get one of those generic off-the-rack ones? Try Indochino. It's one of the largest made-to-measure menswear brands. Let them help you find great-fitting, high-quality suits and shirts at an incredible price. Just visit Indochino.com. Or drop by one of their nine North American showrooms. Pick from hundreds of fabrics and patterns, customizations, body measurements. You put them all in. Kick back, relax. Get ready to step into the best, most stylish suit you've ever worn in just four weeks. This week, my listeners can get any premium Indochino suit for just $389 at Indochino.com. As long as you enter BS at checkout. That's 50% off the regular price for a made-to-measure premium suit. Shipping is free. That is Indochino.com. Promo code BS. Okay, Christmas Day. I have a hot take. All right. I think Celtics-Knicks is going to be the game of the day. Huh. Here's my take. Or here, here's my ra- reason behind it. I know it's going to be a good game. Porzingis on Christmas Day. The unicorn. We'll get to him in a second. The Lativian gangbanger, a healthy Derrick Rose and Mello going against a Celtics team that's really starting to play well and had a nice win in Memphis last night and has Isaiah Thomas back and rolling 
And Brad Stevens has finally stopped playing the three guard lineup at crunch time. So long, Marcus Smart. I hope you're renting. And uh, and has gotten a little bigger. And it's really helped them at the end of these games. I think it's going to be a good game. And there's something at stake, too, because Atlantic Division, the three seed is kind of lingering for everybody in the East right now. The next game, Warriors-Cavs. The Cavs have been decimated by injuries. And finals rematches, the hype game, it never really lives up to the hype. Name me like the great. Can you name one great Christmas game that was hyped weeks and weeks leading up to it that you actually remember? No, no. They always stink. They're not... They're not. They're not. Yeah, there aren't individual games that that um, come to mind. It's just always so great because Christmas really is such a uh, a, a the time when everything NBA wise starts to cook. Yeah, it feels and like this the week season leading up yeah. to it. It's you know the pot is is starting to get warm. It is it is wonderful. Well, we also have two NFL games too. But then the next game is Bulls Spurs. I just have trouble watching the Bulls. I, I'm right I don't enjoy it. I, it's frustrating. I get frustrated by them because I like the players, but I don't like the mix of the players together, and I just don't enjoy them. Yeah. My, here's my confession, uh, even though we're talking about these five NBA games. By the, when we get to Bulls San Antonio, I'm switching over to the NFL. I'm switching over to football games. Me I want to watch Pittsburgh-Baltimore. And the Spurs are one of those teams that you just really you, you watch because you love basketball. But you wouldn't watch them and go, oh, I'm going to try to figure out what's going on with the Spurs. We always know what's going on with the Spurs. They're the Spurs. You're just checking it out. That was, they're like, that they're was like a really an uncle. Impressive. Did you see their comeback last night yeah, against Houston, though? Yeah, it was great. That was, pretty, that was pretty impressive. But the Spurs are – I'm not learning anything when I watch the Spurs about the Spurs. The Spurs are what they are. They're a machine. Okay. They're All not right. human. They're just going to do their thing. We got to talk about the Duncan thing quickly after this, too. So then the next one's Timberwolves-Thunder. Which has the chance to be fun, but I, this Timberwolves team, ugh. And then finally, more. more wait, I don't remember which one is the bad one, Jekyll or Hyde, but they've been more the, of the bad one than the good they've been one. Been Jekyll, and then uh, they've Clip- been a lot of yeah, too much Jekyll. And then Clippers Lakers is the final one, and that one had so much potential on paper, and then the Lakers started, you know, they lost some guys. Now Blake Griffin's hurt. I thought L.A. Ver- yeah. I thought the Clips versus the Baby Lakers was the, was going to be the best game of the day. And now I'm not sure but uh back to the where so what which which game of those five are you the most excited about? Golden State Cleveland. Okay. Just just being, you know, LeBron on the on the same floor as uh Steph and KD and you know, it's 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 got all the star power. I think it means so much more to Golden State than it does to Cleveland. Cleveland has so many built-in excuses now. You know, they've been decimated by injuries. The Richard Jefferson played 35 minutes in Milwaukee on Tuesday night. They're playing wow. guys I've never heard of. They're, they're just, they don't, they don't have enough guys. They lost J.R. Smith. Love got hurt. They were two guys short anyway. They did a bad job with their roster. With the, I think Mo Williams screwed them over, but then Verjao got hurt. And, uh, and they're going to have to go over the tax if, if they want to really get the one seed. I guess my question is, just throw it away, man. Who cares? Just get get to April healthy. LeBron's LeBron's averaging thirty nine point four minutes a game this month, which I it's think is many. that's a suicide mission. He sh- that should be six less. He should be in the thirty three range, and they shouldn't now, we, care. We, before the season started, that we we batted around the idea of you know does LeBron care about getting the MVP? Does does he want to go sort of validate 
last season's finals by coming into this season and putting on you know an MVP level performance to get the MVP for this season. Well, what, from what we've seen in December, the 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 answer would seem to favor yes, especially la- uh, Tuesday night Milwaukee, which I was watching because I was doing this finishing this unicorn column, and they. Milwaukee kind of semi-embarrassed them at the end of November. Giannis came out, went full Greek freak on him, and, you know, Cleveland was kind of in a fight. It was one of those games. And there was a lot of talk about um, how Giannis really took it to LeBron, which he did, and which we talked about on this podcast. It was He was not afraid. So I was really interested la- uh, Tuesday night to see, you know, is LeBron, did LeBron take that game personally or not? LeBron came out and the Cavs were like locked in. It was like 44 to 27 at one point. But to their credit, the Young Bucks came back and it was Jabari and Giannis just doing their thing. Giannis had a huge second half. Jabari was basically unguardable and they sent it to overtime. LeBron ends up making the big three in overtime after Giannis fouled out. LeBron plays 47 minutes in that game. That was the first time... First of all, that's crazy. But second, that was the first time I started to think like maybe maybe he does want this MVP. Maybe he's annoyed by the Westbrook love and Harden and the Rockets and how great Durant's playing it. Like he's just like, all right, I'm still here. I'm gonna I'm yeah. gonna lay this smack down. Now, if he feels that way on Christmas Day, then that becomes the must watch game of the day, including the football games. If he's just like, I'm still here. Kevin Durant hasn't hasn't beat me for a decade. I'm still here. I'm not afraid of you guys. And he comes out and does the thing. But I think with with Love is not playing or if he's injured, that really hurts them because Love was the big X factor, as we predicted. He's yeah. he looks like Kevin Love again. And those three guys can beat anybody, but if he's compromised, I don't know. So you you've you've half talked me into it. <laughs> I didn't have to say anything. You talked yourself into it. The Warriors it's be, it's a little unfair in the regular season. Like they annihilated the Jazz last night. All the basketball nerds were excited for Jazz Warriors. I was too. Jazz have been playing well. Gobert's been on fire, and the game was over in ten minutes. It was a good benchmark game. Yeah, it was a good game to see where where the Jazz kind of stack up. Neither <laughs> the the it was gruesome. The first I don't know seven minutes. How long before before anybody scored? Well. The issue with them, and this is why I have trouble taking them seriously, I think they're a good regular season team, but they have a little bit of the same issue the Celtics have. When you walk on a court that has Durant and Curry and Thompson on it and you don't have any of the best three players in the game, it's a problem. <laughs> you know? Yeah. At least the Celts have Isaiah who who can Jedi mind trick himself into thinking he's one of the best three players in the game. Utah well, doesn't have say, anyone like that. That that. Uh, Isaiah, I don't know statistically how it ranks over the history of the league, but 44 points on 16 shots is is stupendous. We can't let that go by. I, Isaiah, 44 points on 16 shots. And I'll go further. So he's he's at 26.6 a game, points scored, six assists. He's only playing 33 minutes a game, and he's he's been battling a couple injuries. His stats aren't that great. For what he like, he's only thirty six percent from three. Yeah. You know his field goal is only forty four. Like he he's he's played more efficiently than he has. But man, that dude he's he's moved on the short list for me of of the under six footers. You know Iverson will be number one for life, but uh, 
And I'm not positive how tall Chris Paul is. I've stood next to he's Chris right Paul. There. I think he's like he's right five there. eleven and a half, six feet. Yeah. And he might wear yeah. he might wear basketball shoe lifts to make it seem like he's six three. <laughs> like Nash is six three. Nash yeah. is like surprised. Nash like Nash is like Chuck Klosterman. Like you meet him, you're like, oh my god, you're tall. I had no idea. He's big. Yeah, he's yeah. big and tall. Chris Paul's like feels like he's about six feet to me. But um, but what Isaiah is doing, he, Isaiah's. What is he listed at? Five ten. He's he's like five seven and a half, five eight. I agree. I, I don't he, think he's, he's any five eight that. and a knock. I'd be you know, give me a turkey sandwich. The Celts are, <clears throat> the Celts are just a massive trade candidate right now, and you sixteen know, and twelve. It's time to do something. You have them in the low fifties for wins this season. Well, you know who I'm looking at is Fareed on the Nuggets. Yeah, the Nuggets are are the best trade partner for everybody. The the Nuggets in Orlando. The Nuggets in Orlando are the two that are just like come yeah, come make a trade with us. The trade machine is open in our office right now. But Fareed, you know, Mike Malone, because I've been watching some Denver because I've been scouting some players, and Mike Malone quickly realized that he had to kind of stagger the minutes of people and, and now, you know, go a little smaller. And it's it's it hurts for Reed and it hurts uh, Nurkic are the two guys that are going to lose. One of those two guys is eventually going to lose with where this is going. Fareed makes like $12 million a year. And uh, and for the Celts, like they got Amir Johnson can match it. They have picks, all that stuff. But I, I personally think Denver's going to go the other way and take a big swing at somebody. I could see huh. them doing the old. They're built for the three for one. You know, One team I was looking at was New Orleans. So... New Orleans basically has nothing, right? They just have the brow. And they have... Yep. Uh, Check Diallo. The Check Diallo from Kentucky? Kansas. Kansas. Yeah. yeah, was he top of the second round? Yeah, he's good. 30 he looked pretty good, right? He got the DMP last night, though. Yeah. He, was right, he was on my radar. Then he DMP'd him. But they... If you look at the West, I think Portland is the 8th seed, and they're 12 and 17. And if you're New Orleans, would you sacrifice your lottery pick which wouldn't be in the lottery if you made a trade and got a couple guys and send that to Denver for two of their guys. And if you're Denver, do you think about doing that to reduce some of the clutter, add another asset, and you go that way? You know what I mean? Denver's right there on that cut line with Portland for the for the playoffs. So the, the team's battling for that last slot are Portland, Denver, and Sacramento. Uh, and then the Lakers and the Pelicans are two or three games behind there. But Denver, Denver to me has so much more upside than Portland does. Portland's like a two-man team, and they they can't guard anybody. The pieces don't make sense, and they're just stuck with these bad contracts that they signed. Well, what, it's really what hard for them to get the, better. Myers Leonard last night. Yeah, they have they have apparently have some feud going, but uh, but Denver, I like the pieces. It's just that they need to flip two of the pieces into two different pieces. And they also, the Jamal Murray pick is going to be really good for them. But um, I think something's going to happen. We should talk about Blake before we do unicorns. Kevin O'Connor had a really good piece about, right after Blake got hurt again, about how this might be it for Blake. This I, Blake as a superstar, the, the window might be closing now because he's had so many injuries. He's had, so here, Kevin O'Connor listed all the injuries that Blake Griffin has had on the ringer in the little piece that he wrote. Broken kneecap meniscus tear, partially torn quadriceps, knee bone bruise, sprained knee, and strained hamstring. And that was all to his left leg. And he's also had a back stress fracture, 
a right elbow staph infection, and a badly broken hand last year. And now he's having a minor surgery on his right knee. And if you read up on any of this stuff, the one knee leads to the injuries. And the one leg, once the funky stuff happens with the one leg, the other leg's overcompensating because you're leaning on it more. And then that leg starts to go too. And now you're in trouble. My question to you is, are we hitting an Amari Stoudemire type of point with Blake? Where, if you remember with Stoudemire, oh my God, this guy's amazing. Jesus, how do we stop him? Oh, and then... You know, the legs start to go. And the Suns decide yeah, not I, to re-sign him. He goes to the Knicks. He gives the Knicks a good half of a season before his body breaks down. And he's never the same. Are we headed that way with Blake? I, I think so. I think we might sort of already be there. That What, what uh, struck me the most from uh, Kevin O'Connor's column, uh, which I enjoyed, was the, the shot distribution and how many of his made field goals uh, come from the mid-range rate versus uh, the, the dunk rate. Now, obviously, he was not going to be able, it was not sustainable for him to dunk at the, at the rate that he was dunking at when he came into the league. But it, it, it's, a, it's a dramatic uh, difference. Between, Can I defend him on um, that? I'm going to defend him quick. Go ahead. I think that was partly a conscious effort to reduce the injury risk. I think he can still get up. I think what he what he realized and what the team realized was save your body during the regular season. The way he played, I was going to those games. He was at, he was just completely reckless. Like he was going to get hurt, and he did a couple times. You know, he's getting undercut. He's having guys clothesline him, and I think he really started to try to pick his spots and and work on his low post game. He's a better passer when he's twenty feet from the basket. And it did seem like it was a little bit of a conscious effort. I didn't feel like it was one of those things like uh, like Sean Kemp, who lost it for different reasons. But all of a sudden, remember, Sean Kemp wasn't above the rim anymore. It wasn't like that with Blake. Anyway. Yeah, I'm not suggesting that he's lost uh, the the ability. He just doesn't have that same bounce. I mean, he's, he's not up and down. Right. You know, the, 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 the singular skill that made Rodman a unicorn, right? He, yeah. he, he had bounced for, for, for years. He had a, a a career of bounce. Blake doesn't have that bounce. I think now is the time to trade Blake right yeah, right now because but, of but if you're another th- team reinvention. But if you're another team, he can opt out of his contract this summer. And he just had another surgery, and you and you'd have to be pretty desperate, you know, like desperate if, or building. Look, here's my proposal. This is where I think he should go. This the is the team that I think makes oh. the most sense. Okay. No. No. The New York Knicks. Oh, I think I've seen Blake from Mello like this. Blake from Mello makes mm. a lot of sense to me. I I love um the scoring punch that that Mello brings uh let's say every other game. <laughs> That's about the rate that he's at right now it seems like. Uh, he, he he took over last night's game uh, when he gets you know hot and, and dominant. Uh, was it last night or the night before? In any event, uh, um, that scoring punch, that addition to uh, the Clippers would be would be potent. I mean, I, I love what what Mello uh, represents and what what the I gotta say uh, I, I, I can't I can't say I can't believe I'm saying this, but I don't I wouldn't do that if I was the Knicks. Oh, yeah. Why not? 
I just think it's a lot to give up for a guy that I don't, I'm not positive he can stay in the court anymore. And I love the way Blake was playing in November, but it just, what do you mean by a lot to give up? Well, what is Mello doing for the Knicks? Mello is still, you know, I we talked about this last week. I think we did, but when uh, you know when the Celtics played Westbrook two Sundays ago. And in the last five minutes, you just need a guy to match up against the other team's guy. And Melo's one of those guys. I think there's somewhere between nine and 14 of those guys in the entire league. And you're playing against, I don't know, Cleveland, Oklahoma City, Houston, whoever. And James Harden's feeling it. And he hits a three and the crowd's going crazy. And there's three minutes left. And you go to Carmelo and he gets you a basket. There's just not a lot of guys like that. And... He still has that skill. I don't know if I would love playing with well, him. Well, you know what? The the Knicks have that guy. He's in this column we're about to talk about. KP? Let's let him give him a chance. Let's see if he's that guy. I think the Clips have to throw in something else. I can't believe I'm saying wow. that, but yeah, Blake's hurt. I don't. You're trading for a guy who's hurt. But in whenever they say 3 to 6 weeks, it's always like 7. Not for Mike Conley. Mike Conley was right back. God bless Mike Conley. Mike Put up Conley. a nice, nice, nice game last night. Listen, that's some Memphis grit and grind. <laughs> they just operate. They don't have time for pain in Memphis. You You're right, back. Verno. Verno. That's Verno country. You get back on the court. Why are they trying to trade Tony Allen? By the way, I, I don't. I don't know. Why? What? So anyway, my point on Blake. I don't. I don't feel that strongly about it one way or the other, but it was the first time I, I saw a finish line for him when I when I read some of the stuff this week. Because he's only 27. It seems like he just showed he could, up. Yeah. He could still play eight years. That mid-range, he's, he's good at it. He's good at that mid-range game. Mid-range and rebounding? Well, the other thing, the reason I would take a gamble on him and the reason that I think he would be such an interesting fit with Porzingis and such a terrible fit with Derrick Rose is I, I do think teams should run the offense through him. And it's kind of a waste to have Chris Paul on his team. You know what I mean? Like it's almost like but the, if Chris Paul was on the Milwaukee Bucks, that would be bad for Giannis. Giannis needs to, but you want Giannis to have the ball and create and do Giannis things. And it makes him more invested. I think Blake I, as, actually, as the Chris Paul sidekick, I've never really totally liked it. I get that. I, I think uh, he would be quite good with Derrick Rose because that would let Rose be more of the two guard that Rose in his heart has always wanted to be. Derrick Rose, my top top nine or ten of people I w- would not want to play basketball with for two would and a half hours. Would not want to play with. Tate, would you want right. to play basketball with Derrick Rose? Oh, good. Derrick's got this. I'll stand over here, and if he gets double teamed, I might get the ball. Go, go. You do your yeah. thing, Derrick. I have a question I for don't, you. I don't want him coming over to my house at 1.30 in the morning, and I don't want to play pickup with him. Blake Griffin was drafted in June 2009, which was four months before my book came out, four months before 30 for 30 launched, and I believe before your son was born. That's true. My son was born in August 2010. How many NBA games do you think Blake Griffin has played? This is now year eight of his NBA career. If you if you are going by the fact that he was drafted in the 2009 draft, so there's there's roughly that should be like 640 regular season games. Full, yeah, I would eight say full season. I would say there seven full seasons. Well, it's it's seven and a third, 
So the the max yeah, okay. would be about five hundred and ninety. Would be six hundred. Let's say the max he could have played is six hundred. How many do you think he's played? Four hundred and forty-five. Yeah, four thirty-six. Just under four fifty. He's played yeah, four hundred and thirty-six yeah. games in eight years. It feels right. It feels right. It's not great. I'll tell you that much. Because guys get injured yeah. more often when they get older, not when they're young, and it's a shame. You know, it's it starts, he misses his whole rookie year. He hurts his knee. He's out for the whole year. It's like, oh, my God, the Clippers, they've done it again. They fi- they figured out how to ruin somebody else's career. He hasn't even started playing with them yet. And then he goes through, and as we've discussed many times on this podcast, 2014, the playoffs, was just awesome in that Warriors series and just as good in the Spurs series. And Oh, man, no, no, my bad. He was awesome in the Spurs series in round one. And then that Rocket series ran out of gas near the end of round two yeah. because they he was playing like 40-plus minutes a game. But he proved to me, and I think he proved to you too, that he's a guy that could be one of the top five players in the league if he could stay on the floor and he's being used correctly. Now it might be over. That might happen in the next. Okay, we're going to talk unicorns. But first... Let's talk about Sonos. It's the smart speaker system that streams all your favorite music to any room or every room. Control your music with one simple app on your phone or iPad or any other device. You can fill your home with pure immersive sound and use any and all of your favorite music devices. What a great idea for a holiday party. You control everything from the choice of songs to the volume of the rooms. Play your music in any room or every room. Play a different song in the living room, bedroom, bathroom. Play the same track in every room. Use whatever of your favorite music services you want. How can you have a party without Sonos? You can't. Add your existing music services or discover something new. Go to Sonos.com right now. And also, since we're here, everybody, I think you should download the Lyft app. You could get a ride in minutes for less than the cost of a cab. Every Lyft driver is fully vetted through their 10-point safety standard. They're rated after every ride, so only the best stick around. And with Lyft... You can tip in the app, which obviously leads to happier and better drivers and better service because they actually are hoping that you have a good time. Nine out of 10 Lyft rides get a perfect five-star rating for the passenger. It's also the highest rated ride-sharing app, and it's your buddy whenever you need a ride. People are actually getting rid of their cars and relying on Lyft to get around. I I might be one of them soon. Make me an offer, Lyft. I'm ready to ditch my car. I'm tired of having a car. Right now, Lyft is offering our listeners a special deal. Get three free rides for up to $10 each, up to a $30 value. All you have to do is enter oh, the promo code Bill Simmons. Lift yeah. in D.C.? And I can enter promo code Bill Simmons? Yeah, why don't you? Download uh, the free, free Lyft free, app today. Free, free ride. Yeah, enter promo code Bill Simmons in the payment section. Three free rides up to $10 each. Lyft. Try it out. L-Y-F-T, by the way. Um, okay, unicorns. So I wrote this column. That was really an excuse to write about Giannis and Porzingis and Embiid. And Embiid's tough because there's such a small sample size with them. Before before we talk about the historical unicorn, unicorns, just quickly, which, which your favorite out of the three, Giannis, Porzingis, and Embiid? Um, I'm going to answer this question, but I, I also want to sort of tackle. Uh, I have one major beef with with the the, the piece, which I I loved. I'm I love when you do pieces that have video clips because it means I'm going to uh, watch the video clip. You know, I'm I'm going in. This is a weekend endeavor for me to go yeah. in and watch the clip. Of those three, uh, right now, this very second, my very favorite is Giannis. Me too. I just 
I can't believe how he covers the court. It's it's literally unbelievable to me. Yeah, it's it's almost like he's an alien. Like if we had created a seven foot alien to play basketball, I think this would have been he would have been the closest that we came as a human being to resembling what the alien does. And it does remind me, we always just talk about Scotty and MJ in the mid nineties when they were really humming and they would just cover these huge acres of the court together in warp speed. And, you know, then LeBron was like that, obviously. This guy's like that. Is the chase down box or the chase down box. I couldn't believe on YouTube there wasn't a Giannis chase down block montage because I looked. Somebody get on that. One of the crazy Bucks fans, go make a Giannis chase down block montage, please. Yeah, it can't be that hard to do that. Uh, The thing about Giannis that um, makes him a little different. Than, than LeBron is LeBron would, would change speeds and you would know that he was changing speeds. Giannis seems to be at that speed all the time. That's what's so uh, remarkable to, to me. He's like, when he, whenever the, the change of possession occurs from defensive end, he's already, the, the, you know, he's four steps in, inside the other, the, his own free throw line. It's just, it's just incredible. I wrote that it looked like he's stepping over landmines and bear traps the way he runs. LeBron was always, especially at his, at his athletic apex, which ranks among anything I've ever seen in my life. He, he had the gears and he'd get the steel and he would just turn on the jet, the jets. And he would just, he would just zoom. And I wrote that he shrunk the court. Cause he did. When you watch it, you're like, wow, the court felt small on that play. Giannis, as you said, it's one speed, but it's these long deceiving steps that you don't realize he's traveling 15 feet per step, 20 feet per yeah, step or whatever, whatever the hell is going on. And all of a sudden he's going from point A to point B in three steps and it's 40 feet. I don't I get it. I love it when there are some, some, uh, Euro step, um, picks of him. He, he's, those aren't, I know Greece is in, in Europe. Uh, but like those are, those are not, uh, Euro steps. Those are something else. All no, they're, yeah, they're like those those are, alien, they're steps. alien steps. Yeah. Yeah, he can't. I have a question for you. Before. One thing on Giannis, he can't really shoot yet. I love yeah. how active he is, though. Like he's one of those guys. He's not standing around. It's like if somebody else has the ball and they're about to shoot, he's flying to the basket with his arms up. And he already has a couple subtle basketball things that I've seen, like in the Cleveland game on Tuesday night. Drove the guy into the paint, pushed off, did a little eleven foot fall away with his giant Roy Munson hands. And uh, I don't know, he there. I could see him developing a really good low post game with like a jump hook and a spin move and like, and his spin move, he'll be able to go 20 feet in the spin, you know, uh, right. he needs to learn how to shoot the threes, but the best asset he has for him and the thing that Porzingis, I guess, has with Carmelo, but Carmelo's getting older and Philly, who, who the hell knows what Embiid has, but to have Jabari as his wingman is the best asset for him because Jabari fills in all of the crunch time scoring blanks that Giannis just isn't ready for yet. You know, Giannis can get in the paint, make plays, but Jabari's like, did you see the play in the Cleveland game on Tuesday night when Jabari like just backed somebody down old school and did up fakes and did like old, old guy pick up basketball and scored. And it was like, I haven't seen that move since like Bernard King. Like where the hell did that come from? I haven't seen that move in 30 years. So I, I'm glad Jabari's black, and I love those two. And the last thing I was going to say is I think they've got pole position over Townsend Wiggins. It's not even close. I'd much rather have Giannis and Jabari than Townsend Wiggins. Wouldn't you? 
Oh, I think so. I, yeah. The thing that I'm really intrigued by with with Milwaukee is is Middleton. When he comes, if he back, can come back, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, that that's that could be really something to build on, right? Yeah, and they have if if you wanted to make them like a stealth sleeper in the East Conference this year, they got to improve the Delvadova spot. Because that guy like plays crunch time for them. That's not acceptable. He couldn't even play in the finals last year. I like him. Great teammate. I get it. Good chemistry guy. But even if you put in, I don't know, Jamal Crawford in that spot, it helps them. Just any any oh. any sort of combo guard who doesn't need to have the ball, who can shoot and make a couple things happen. But they they're not that far away. I, w- I was texting with Haral Bob last night, and he was saying that um, he thought they were the logical pick for what East team without LeBron is the next East team to make the finals. Wow. Who gets the invite when we finally have a finals that doesn't have LeBron in it, which will might not happen until 2026. And he well, said his Toronto money was on Milwaukee. Who would you say, Tate? Toronto. Toronto. The thing with Toronto is they need to make a trade. They're not getting there with the team they have right now, but they have the pieces for the boogie trade. If they want to get serious about boogie and lay down Chipotle, the guy they drafted last year, I call him Chipotle because I can't pronounce his name. (laughs) They lay down that guy and they lay down uh, Bruno, Bruno Cabasio, who was a year away from being a year away. They probably have to give up Pat Pat to get boogie though, right? Yeah. They have well, to give up something of value. He doesn't help the Kings, though. Or I, they, I'm not or, or arguing put, that, but they have to give up something. Or put Giannis on the table. I maybe they don't get him, but they they need to they need to they need something like that. They need a third guy. They really want to beat the Cavs. I don't think it's going to be just DeRozan and Lowry as much as I like them. Oh, you meant Valanciunas? Valanciunas. Jonas. Jonas. You said Giannis. Like, wait a minute. I know. I'm, I've got Giannis on my brain. My bad. <laughs> I will say that I, I did feel like I gave Porzingis a little bit of the short shrift in the in the column because I was so excited about Giannis, and I just want everyone to know how much I love Porzingis and love watching him and love having a seven foot three Dirk in my life who can protect the rim. It's really, it's breathtaking. I'm happy for the Knicks fans. The Knicks fans almost don't know what to do. They they're just so oh, conditioned. They're so happy. They have hope. I know, but they it's it's such a foreign emotion for them. They they it, it's 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 like uh I, I don't even know. It's like when Tom Hanks got off the island and cast away and there's just like he's looking around and there's seafood everywhere. It's like, Oh my god, what what's well, happened? Where am there I? There is a difference. There is still a difference between um the zinger at home and the zinger on the road. He he really is propelled by that uh MSG crowd. They they it's love great. him so much. He, it's palpable. He can feel it, and that's why at this stage uh, I still give a slight nod to Giannis. But I have a, a question for you. Yeah. Who is, do you know who is presently leading the NBA in uh, blocks per game? Isn't it uh, the Stifle Tower? It is not the Stifle Tower. Who is it? It's Anthony Davis. Yeah. And this is my quibble. This is my quibble with your with your yeah, with your column. Nobody wants to read about how great Anthony Davis is. People are running that for three years. But he he belongs. If we're talking about this era of unicorns, he belongs with with the other three dudes. I covered that though. He's evolutionary McHale. 
covered that in the column. I disagree with that. I strongly disagree with that. Right. I violently disagree with D- that. Explain your disagreement. And and I, you know this is one maybe maybe Kurt Goldsberry. I know he's busy help propelling the the Spurs machine to the to the upper echelon as always. Could do a shot chart uh, breakdown for us. It took me four and a half minutes in watching the McHale clip that you embedded, which was wonderful, to to watch him make a fifteen footer to f- actually face the basket. And, no, and he did that. It's just they didn't I, put that in the clip, but he was good at that. He, especially in the in the mid '80s, he was really good at the face up because he had to be. That was the only way he could get people to come out to guard him. But the the vast majority, what we know him for, what he's known for, is the beautiful poetic footwork around the basket and That's how true. efficient he was catching the ball and in a single motion scoring the ball over the top of the defense from within eight feet of the basket. That was, that's his true skill, the thing he'll always be known for. Very that, true. that is an element of Anthony Davis's game. But Anthony Davis is a, is a face-up offensive weapon, the likes of which uh, I, I, I can't come up with a comparison for him with the inside and the outside. That's why he's the evolution. He, he evolved. He I, has I so see much it. more game than McHale. Oh, now you're hurting my feelings. I well, agree. I, he's, Anthony Davis has never played. Who's the, what, what Hall of Famer has Anthony Davis had the luxury of playing with? It's true. You know, I, I, I guess what I was thinking, because McHale played 30 years ago, and the goal 30, 35 years ago, the goal during the 80s was to get as close to the basket as possible at all times, right? Yep. And it yeah. was a lot. I always compared it to a hockey power play, where you're on a power play. You're just you're nudging everyone closer and closer and closer, and that's what you did. And there's some good examples. Like if you ever watch the classic games, I think the best one is like the '81 Sixers Celtics. It's just like nobody's more than 20 feet from the basket. It was just how they played. And I think McHale crafted his game to that. But I do think that he could have, if you put him in this era, I think he would have figured it out. I think he would have been the perfect stretch five. He started shooting threes near the end of his career. But my point is, like with Davis, I think if you put Davis in 1982, all he would have been doing was working on post-up moves and trying to get as close to the basket as possible because he had so many centers back then. But now it's small ball, it's a wide-open game, and you want to face up. And now these all these big men, whether it's Embiid, Porzingis, Anthony Davis, all of them play facing as an advantage versus back to the basket. And I don't know which way I like, what way do you like more? I like both. I mean, I, I love the freewheeling, uh, you know, mid eighties, the freewheeling game of the mid eighties before um, Pat Riley ruined basketball with the, the heat and the Knicks. Thug in the, yeah, exactly. And, and I love um, this game as well. I think we've gone too far now. I do, I do miss, um, you know, guys attacking the rim. That's why I think Russell Westbrook is getting, you know, it's, he, he deserves all of the accolades, but he attacks the rim. He's a rim attacker. Yeah. He's a, he's a, a, a rim murderer that um, is, is a real throwback uh, kind, kind of uh, guy in that respect, um, which is, you know, I, I'd like to see more guys going at the rim. I, I, there was an interesting thing on, on the Twitter, speaking of H-Bob, where um, I'm not sure who started it, but like this idea of limiting charges or reducing charges as a call um, when mm. it would entice people back in, 
back towards the basket as opposed to everybody pushing back out. Interesting and I very idea. much like it because I, I hate charges. Uh, it's the hardest call in, in the game. Well, and, you know whose you know, fault that was. Who? It was two people. It was John Stockton and Jason Kidd. They're the ones that started that shit. John Stockton, especially that little dirty, seemingly nice Utah point guard who was like very secretly one of the dirtiest players in the league and was always up to stuff. By the way, mad respect to John Stockton. I would have loved him if he was a Celtic. But man, that third was duty. He had a feud with Steve Kerr. He feuded with Steve Kerr. They would like almost get in fist fights during games because he was always elbowing and chipping and sticking his leg out and doing all that stuff. But yeah, he started and Jason Kidd mastered it. Jason Kidd turned it into like a psychological weapon. You know, he was just so I good at shuffling charge. his feet and stopping. It was almost unfair. Yeah. But well, that's right, interesting he had idea. That advantage. Yeah. That physical advantage. That was his singular physical advantage on offense, too. He's great at it. All right, we're I see your point on Davis. I I do feel like I feel like Mikhail and Davis have similar DNA. I don't I'm feel like Giannis has Giannis, Porzingis, and Embi- Porzingis definitely has the Dirk DNA. He's just a much taller Dirk who protects the rim yeah. better. Embiid, I'm not sure what to make of him yet. I just haven't. I, do you feel like I don't have enough of a sample size with Embiid yet? You did a. I think you did exactly the right thing in the column by by calling him incomplete. We don't we don't know yet, but what we've seen so far has been so tantalizing. Speaking right, so, of a guy who's not a, not afraid. Well, so I did three versions of the NBA unicorn. The ones. We had or haven't seen before, but might be replicable, which is the traditional unicorn. The one we'll probably never see again, which is the tweener unicorn, because you never know. Like Jordan is a tweener. I, I'm pretty sure we won't see Jordan again, but Jordan was the evolution of David Thompson. And after mm-hmm. Jordan, Vince and Kobe for a few minutes there felt like they were going to be the evolutionary Jordan, and then they weren't. So it makes me think that we might see that again at some point. And then the final one is the true unicorn, which, you know, will just never happen again. So the, on the traditional unicorn list, the two I had the toughest with were Shaq and, uh, and Will Chamberlain. Because I do feel like they're related in some way. Like Shaq was his generation's version of Wilt, just this unstoppable dude. But Wilt was a lot more graceful than Shaq was. Sure. Shaq was, like, people, they, referees couldn't even figure out how to officiate him. Wilt, same thing, but also had, like, these weird turnarounds and finger rolls and things like that. I, you could talk me into those guys being true unicorns. The true unicorns, here's the list. Kareem, Earl of Pearl, Pistol Pete, Dr. J, Adrian Dantley, Gervin, Larry Legend, Magic. Mikhail is now off the list because Anthony Davis showed up. Hakeem, Barkley, Manute Bowl, Dennis Rodman, Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook. Is there anyone missing on that list for you? I, I don't think so. The, the uh, one thing I was surprised by, and I actually uh, did this, it's sitting next to me right now, was Manute Bowl. I was surprised for you to, to have included him. You directed us to go to page 340 of the Book of Basketball, I did that, and then I went on YouTube and watched some clips. He was not only a remarkable basketball player and deserving of that unicorn status, but what a remarkable human being. I know. And I'm glad I had time to spend with, with, with Manute Bowl today. 
I've never in my life, you know, you had those old seats in the Boston Garden, which you've sat in, that my dad had. The players would walk by us to come in and out of the game. And when Manute walked by, it was to watch the people's faces. It was just unbelievable that we belong to the same human species as him. I've never seen a human well, being like that. He's seven foot seven. It was unbelievable. How about this? You and I went to the Boston Garden and sat in those seats and watched Golden State beat the Celtics with, with Tim Hardaway right. as a rookie. Oh. And and Manute, I think Manute made three threes that game. And not only that, but then you then we went out and you had to listen to me complain about how we drafted Michael Smith over Tim Hardaway That's for like the next three and a half hours. I you was devastated. That. Yeah, we took you Michael Smith right this. in front of him. Oh yeah. It was horrible. <laughs> that was right. I, I still, That's exactly what happened. Like Twenty seven years ago. I still haven't gotten over that. So pretty good. Just to go through these guys because you know the young kids, the kids out there, they think basketball started with like Shaq. Kareem uh, on top of all the other reasons, like his durability compared to everybody else in the league is just impossible. But I've never seen anything like the skyhook. Nobody's ever even tried to replicate it. Not even close. And I feel like we're never going to see it again. I, I don't, whatever he did to figure out how to do it and all the reps he put into it, nobody's doing that in AAU and ninth grade basketball in high school. Who's Who the, who the fuck's going to try there's to nothing, do a skyhook for three hours a day for seven years? Not well, happening. There's nothing to even compare it to, right? No. Nothing. It's the most unstoppable shot. If you're down one with 12 seconds left, at any point in your life as an NBA fan, you could pick any player to take to take the shot and get you a good basket, you'd pick the cream. You'd run a play for the cream skyhook. Let's just say it's the most reliable two points we have. Earl the Pearl. I would encourage people to go on YouTube and watch him because just the herky jerkiness. Yeah. Has not been dervish. It's just, I don't even know how to describe it. I don't know how he learned how to do it. The, the spin moves and the stop and starts black magic. He's the OG of the start and stop. Yeah. Here and he here in the nicknames Black Jesus and Black Magic, he would go into playgrounds and they would call him Black Jesus. Other black people think about that. How good do you have to be to earn the nickname Black Jesus? So, Pistol Pete, who's gotten a lot of love, I think Pistol Pete's gotten you know multiple books and documentaries, all that stuff. Doc, He's been properly recognized. Doctor J, is kind of, who kind of got lost in the shuffle a tiny bit, but you and I were both old enough to see him in person and uh seeing him on the tight on the 20 feet away from the hoop on the left swooping in with that weird swoop thing he used to do and all of a sudden he was at the basket i wonder if Giannis can learn how to do that i believe so Giannis has Giannis is five inches taller than doc and has bigger hands he should just they should force him to watch doc videotapes because if he learns that swoop move it's unstoppable um adrian dantley which is a weird one to yeah. put on here, but I just don't no, feel not. like where are we going to see a six foot three low post specialist again? I Tate, think about I, that. It's crazy. He's the same size as Steph Curry, and he's posting up Kevin McHale and scoring on him. He had he had games. Bob Ryan once called it a Dantley, where he would have like in back in the old days when the box score was just like. Field goal made, field goals made, free throws made, and points. That was the box score. And Dantley would have these games where it would be like 4, 25, 33. <laughs> he made 25 I mean, he free a, throws. 
Wasn't he the scoring champ a couple times? Yeah, he was 30 a night for six straight years. And so was George Gervin, yeah, who's also three. on this list. <laughs> Gervin, six foot eight, 102 pounds. And the finger roll, I actually think, has not gotten enough credit. And the, the finger roll montages on YouTube are not good enough yet. He would do finger rolls from 13 feet. I've never seen anything he, like he was, it. That was my era of, of truly falling in love with professional basketball because the, the bullets uh, and the you spurs, you know, that. Yeah, Bobby yeah, D. That's right. Bobby D shut him down. That's right. Yeah. Larry but, Bird doesn't need to be talked about. Neither is Magic Johnson. We talked about Mikhail. Hakeem. I mentioned the backstory. This I covered this in my book. In the column, I glossed over it. But in my book about just Hakeem in Nigeria playing soccer every day and trying to become a professional soccer player and having soccer player footwork. And that's all he did. And then at like age 15, somebody's like, you should try basketball. You're tall. And he just started playing basketball almost with like a fresh brain and applied all the weird soccer footwork to how he wanted to play basketball and was also one of the greatest athletes in the history of the league and everything. And, and a really nasty competitor, which he never got enough credit for because he was so nice. And it all just melds into this unstoppable inside outside monster who one year averaged 6.7 combined blocks and steals on top of the 24-14. Oh yeah. And he kind of, he didn't ruin David, David Robinson's career, but he definitely altered it. So he's on there. Barkley's on there. I I was so happy to, there's a great Barkley YouTube clip that I put in this column. Because Barkley to me is the all-time original unicorn. I know I'm never seeing that again. It's never happening. I felt that way in the moment. I felt that way now. To watch a 6'4 guy get 22 rebounds in a game and dunk over people and take rebounds coast to coast, it just was not happening. And I, I guess if like Russell Westbrook gained 55 pounds and kept all of his athleticism would be the best way to describe it. That's, I, that's pretty that good. That's pretty good. Okay. Yeah, I think that's right. <laughs> Super out of shape, Russell Westbrook. Uh, Manupo we covered. Rodman. Young Rodman was something to behold. It just, uh, it was amazing. Really all Rodman. There was no Rodman that wasn't worth, you know, the price of admission. Well, young Rodman. His years were, were spectacular. Yeah, yeah, and that, and that was like tail end Rodman. I mean, those right. early Pistons years, he comes in, he's got the tight shorts, his he's all legs and hips, like he had like no torso, and he's just hopping around. He would, every, every time he ran, it was just like watching those births of when like a horse gives birth to a pony and the pony's just like kind of kind of scrambling around trying to stay on its feet that he kind of ran like that and he would just hop and hop around and moved at warp speed and it was the first and only guy I've ever seen who could guard Larry Bird he actually could guard him and he could guard magic and he gave MJ problems he could guard everybody and he was an an insatiable rebounder he was awesome on fast breaks and I, I just haven't seen anybody like him since I'm not saying he can't be maybe he should be on the uh, traditional unicorn. Do you think we'd see another Rodman? I guess if you add in all the personality stuff, no. I I, I don't think so. I I really, there isn't anybody that I can think of since that that you would even sort of put in the same conversation because of um, that, how relentless his motor was. 
right. and that, that defense. One thing that is curious, how did, how, Kawhi didn't make any of these lists. Kawhi didn't even come up in the conversation. Yeah, Kawhi should have made one of these lists. Oh, he at okay. least should All have right. been... I did, I, well, I don't know. I, we've seen variations of Kawhi before, haven't we? I don't know. I, I just now was trying to think about guys that I think are great defenders um, for the purposes of this Rodman um, comparison, which I, I don't think yeah, we're going to get great. anybody near. But Kawhi is the current sort of, you know, the, the modern best wing defender. Um not making any of these lists. I don't I don't know who I compare Kawhi to. Well, you you Pippin would be the obvious one. Okay. All right, that's fine. Pippin with bigger Pippen hands. Pippin was so much bigger. Pippin had like a, you know, a, a more of natural athletic uh advantage. Well, Kawhi, over have you Kawhi seen Kawhi, Kawhi, Kawhi this year? Kawhi Kawhi to me looks big this year. He looks a little LeBronish this year. Yeah. He he's like a mute a mute evolutionary mute Pippin. Would you put Spud Webb on the uh true unicorn list? Are we seeing yes. Spud Webb again? No. Well, what's the, just because of his size. Isaiah Thomas, you know, we just had this conversation where we went crazy for Isaiah Thomas. But he seemed way shorter than Isaiah Thomas. That's right. That's why. Wouldn't you say Muggsy? Muggsy, I, Muggsy was never that good was the problem. <laughs> yeah. Not telling my grandkids That's about true. Muggsy Bogues. He just wasn't. Jordan yeah. psyched him out that one time allegedly, and he was never the same. As the story goes, uh, the other one I thought about Yao. I think it's possible that China genetically engineers another seven foot seven Yao, and it's probably up to it right now. So that that's why I didn't put it. So I didn't you put, put him, him in the right place. Yeah, you put him on the uh, traditional. I, I do feel like Neek was borderline. I could have made him a true unicorn and felt pretty good about it. I've never seen anybody dunk and go out of his way to dunk on people like like Neek did. Do you ever remember anyone doing that? Where no, it was it, it belonged to that era. Yeah. May, may, again, it's it's that the ferocity of um, Westbrook is the only thing, like in a modern way, that I can think about. What was that? It was that pre. It was that that pre East Coast West Coast rap NBA that Len Bias was the the ultimate version of it, where the swagger was there, but it was all kind of internal, and. You played with the with a certain ferocity, but there was no chest thumping yet, and no people acting out of control. It was everybody was supposed to keep it in check, so it was like bristling. And Dominique mm-hmm. to me was like that. Len Bias was the ultimate, but I Dom- think Neek let it out a little bit. That's what Neek I mean. Let he let it, it out a little. It seeped out, but it was never. You know, ten years later, I think he's behaving a little differently. But the thing I used to love about him was. He could just do the normal dunk, or he could kind of angle a little bit so he could try to dunk on somebody as he did the dunk, and he would always he would always try to incorporate other people in it. It's like, oh, there's Randy Brewer's over there. I'm going to bring him into this dunk. I'm going to go <laughs> sideways, try to get Randy in on this one, and just dunk on his head. He really loved it. Yeah. He really loved the uh, the art form of it. So yeah, I uh, I feel good about this list. You, you have, now you have me double. Now you have me thinking about. Whether I should have just made Davis his own thing. I need to watch it more. Maybe I'll just write an apology just, column to Anthony Davis. Well, will you? Hopefully, he he continues the season the way he's going, and it'll give you a, occasion to. I mean, the most important thing with him is staying healthy. Last thing, and then we we have to go because we're already. This is already too long. Did you see the the Kentucky kid destroyed North Tate's North Carolina team on Saturday? Did you see that? 
Well, first of all, how great was that game? I, for a for a December college bat, it was a real throwback game. A hundred three to a hundred. I think that was like the best college basketball game I've seen since I was in college. I didn't I mean, even know college a, like, teams could score a hundred points in a game anymore. I didn't know college. I didn't know December like, college basketball was fun. UNLV Arkansas, like those kinds yeah. of games back way back, right? Or it was incredible. Mashburn versus Leitner. They they was like a throwback right. to that era. So this kid has to be the first pick. I'm just all on in. that performance alone. I'm just all in. What else do I want from a basketball player? I can't tell how tall he is. He's somewhere between six <laughs> four and six six. But no, I, I, it's too early to say. But man, he threw his hat in the ring. I'll tell you that much because he was not on that my radar before that game. There had been rumblings. Yeah. There had been rumblings, but when you think about like the absolute perfect two guard to have in the 2020s, I'm gonna take the guy who who can has the hair trigger release and can create shots in traffic, and every shot he makes doesn't hit the rim. Now the thing I, I want to be careful about. We got very excited about Buddy last year. No, and but Buddy was like 27. You know, had, he had big games in, in big moments, though. I mean, his performance against Kansas last year um, was, you know, put him on the map, and, and uh, you know, it was the, the, the thing that had us like, wow, he could really be something as a pro. So I want to make sure I, I you know, give myself small shot of, of uh, keeping in the pants juice. Just this little one, just a taste. I mean, I don't, you know. <laughs> pants juice. I wish, I wish Keep the, uh, the pants juice. I wish the charger security guard had to, had to chug that one. <laughs> <laughs> he kept it in the pants. I guess he did. Technically, he did. Jesus, what a weirdo. Um, well, I'm I'm excited that there are more good players in this draft. I think this has a chance to be the best draft class slash college basketball season of just scouting guys in February and March that we've had this entire decade. You just clinched it. That means for sure that my 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 local home team tier is going to trade their draft pick I mean, or, that's, that's or end up with like the twelfth pick. Yeah, Malik Monk. That was unbelievable. I'm so happy. I I just hope that that's what this college basketball season has in store for me because now is the time just that I start watching college basketball with with you know far fewer football games in, in our lives. And I Tate. just hope that the all these teams are good. Do you remember Cal letting one of his dudes go off like that before? Uh, he mean, took Jamal, some control. Jamal Murray last year. He let, him he let Jamal Murray do that? But they weren't that I mean, he took 28 I, shots. That's crazy. Malik Moncton. Yeah, 28 shots. I don't remember Cal letting somebody loose like that. The pace of the game was great. All right, uh, before before we uh, before we wrap it up, wanted to play a little taste of the sports movie podcast that we're launching this week on Channel 33 called the Sports Movie Hall of Fame. This is a little part about wondering how Jerry Maguire got from the Monday Night Football game that Rod Tidwell played at the end of the movie all the way back to the Divorce Wins group. Uh, how he managed to do all of this before 2 in the morning. We try to figure this out, me and Chris Ryan. Listen to this, then come back. Monday Night Football started at 9 o'clock Eastern time. Uh-huh. Mountain time, we're in Arizona, so that's 7 o'clock. Okay. Who are they playing? I forget. They're play- Arizona, Dallas. There's commercials. Game's going to end around 10:15. Post game interviews. So Tidwell's got to go back. He's got to change. Yeah. He's doing. There's a huddle. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say there's another 45 minutes for that. 
Jerry and Tidwell, they do the they do the thing, they hug. Why don't you do that with me? The whole the whole thing. And then he he realizes I have to go tell Dorothy Boyd that I love her. In so Los Angeles. It's now eleven it's now eleven o'clock mountain time. Yeah. Ten o'clock Los Angeles time. He sprints out of the football stadium under the rule that all Tom Cruise movies has to have now one. Let me ask you a question. Doesn't isn't Arizona's football stadium notoriously far away from the airport? So I don't, I I don't think this was Glendale. I think okay. this was when they played in Phoenix. Okay. But I've been to Phoenix a bunch of times, and that airport is not like right there. So I, he sprints out to the stadium under the Tom Cruise sprinting rule, drives to the airport, purchases a ticket. Yeah, didn't have one already. Pre nine eleven, didn't have to check a bet. Could have brought a gun on the plane. Nobody would have cared. I have him, I have that flight being about 12.45 a.m. Okay. Mountain time, which would be 11.45 West Coast time. I think 11.45 is generous. It's a 150-minute flight, but you gain a time zone. Best case scenario, Jerry lands at 1.15 in the morning. At LAX. At LAX at 1.15 in the morning. Where does Dorothy live? Do we know? Palisades? No, I would say, I would say she probably lives in like West Hollywood, okay. maybe something, or maybe Culver City. Okay, let's go. Let's go with Culver. Lands at LAX. You got to get to your car. That takes twenty minutes. Okay, or unless you took a cab. Let's say he took a cab. Let's say he just runs out. He's in a Ran, cab, and, and the cab that, is like, I know exactly where you're going because no the, GPS, so they have to know where you're going. The earliest a twenty-five minute cab ride. The earliest he gets at that house is one forty-five in the morning. And somehow there's still a divorced woman's group going. <laughs> Everybody's awake. Everybody's awake. It's like, hey, guys have anywhere to go? It's 145. No, no, no. Yeah, let's I want keep to hanging talk out. about my ex-husband. Let's I keep have hanging one out. more story. Yeah. Can you make some more coffee? It's 145 it's in the morning. Insane. Walks in, there's nine divorced women. Yeah. Was I think Lipnicki is asleep. And they don't seem like they're not partying. It's they're not just tired. Like Nobody's asleep. Out. There's not one person asleep in the thing. It is a, it's a problem. Yeah. It's really a problem. I don't know how they didn't figure that out. Also, I'm sort of surprised that they don't, I mean, I know that you need to have the divorce, the the book club there, but you could have the, they could have done it at dawn. You know what I mean? If they push it, you get the magic hour of the dawn, the sun coming up over the Pacific coast. Just a thought. Just a thought or, they ever remake this, it. do a four o'clock game? When they make the concussion version of this with the Tidwells, I hope that they, <laughs> they, they, they do have a more accurate time representation. <laughs> All right, that's it, House. Um, 20 years since Jerry Maguire. Can you believe it? I cannot believe it. I, it. It feels like we could run it back right now. The sequel? Yeah, it's time. That's Cruise what The Mummy changed is. changed a bit. No, that's The Mummy. Is, is Jerry Maguire's involved with The Mummy. That's what the plot is. It's really Jerry Maguire, too. They haven't made a big deal about it yet. <laughs> so, hey, are you watching The Affair, by the way? Is it back on? I guess not, because <laughs> Fat Brendan Fraser is in the affair this year, and I highly recommend it. Oh, I'm going to watch it. I didn't know how many am I behind right now. Uh, too many. Thanks to Sonos, the smart speaker <laughs> system that streams all your favorite music, tenure room, every room, control your music in one simple app, fill your home with pure immersive sound, add your existing music services, or discover something new. Go to Sonos.com right now. Thanks to Lyft, the highest rated ride sharing app and your buddy whenever you need a ride. Download their app and get three free rides for up to $10 each, up to a $30 value as long as you enter promo code BS. Um, I'm sorry. As long as you enter promo code Bill Simmons, my whole name. Thanks to SeatGeek, 
thanks to TheRinger.com, where you can read my column about the history of NBA unicorns and Porzingis and Embiid and Giannis. You can read that on TheRinger.com. And thanks to Pearl Jam. Remember, PJ25 is happening. We're in the middle of it. Go to PearlJam.com for more details. And House, Merry Christmas. Yeah. Happy holidays. Lots of sports Happy on Christmas. Holidays. Yeah, a lot of sports this weekend. Enjoy it. Thank Can't you. Can't wait to order some food. Thanks, buddy. I'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, guys.